Teachers are ordained and anointed by God to correct, reprove, and instruct in righteousness. Teachers are disciples held to a higher standard and confidence. Teachers are offenders of evil because they speak God's truth. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Welcome, beautiful people, to another episode of The Teaching Prophet. I am she. She is me. Tangela L. Clayton, the master teacher, delivering lessons for the Lord. All right, we are to the end of this learning journey in the book of Acts, the final final chapter, chapter 28. Yes, 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 yes. If you have not gone on this full journey with us listen it's up you can go to all chapters 28 after you listen to this one or before it doesn't matter if this is your first time welcome to the table of learning yes i hope you have your notepads and something to write with your bible your prayer life because we are digging in this last chapter and we're going to go on in jesus name so to remind everyone in the book of acts we are focusing on a specific audience a key personality trait and a few words and or phrases ah <sighs> the last chapter and this is rightly so. Just to sum it all up, I guess. I don't know if it's a summation. Mm, ah, probably not. However, uh, we're still going to, you know, dig out the nuggets that we need that God is wanting us to learn from and to glean. <sighs> I don't want to let this go. It's been fun going through the book of Acts, but, you know. We got to move on. God is already working on me with the next series and that's a doozy. So we have to move on. All right. All right. So here we go. <clears throat> okay. Let's, let's get serious. Let's do this. All right. So chapter 28, our audience, you ready to write down for our audience is God's elite. Yes. God's elite. I had the elites of God, God's elite, just just the eliteness of some people in God. Now, this is a very, very small club that has just mm, a selective few. You, you'll see why. All right, so elite, God's elite. It is a select group that is superior in terms of God's anointing, God's appointing, and God's all-knowing, omniscient spirit. Yes, 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 yes. This is a select group that is superior in terms of God's anointing, God's appointing, and his all-knowing, omniscient spirit. Ooh, yes, I know. I told you, it's a very select group few are in this group but that doesn't mean that we all don't need to learn about them there may be some nuggets and things you can pick up some some tools you can put in your toolbox for yourself because not all would be God's elite I know I know I know everyone feels like I'm in God and I'm doing this thing for God but there are just some people <laughs> 
that do the thing for God and that God has anointed, appointed, and he's knowing, all knowing in the spirit that these people have a great effect on many. Some of us, we have a great effect on a few. And then our mission is done. We live a quiet, we live an unassuming life. I mean, I mean, it's just, it's, it's simple. Like it is. In terms of Christianity, in terms of going through, in terms of walking his walk, it's simple. You affect a small group of people. You affect a, you know, a few people. You may just be effective to be effective to your family, but God's elect, God's elite, they, well, they are, they, they have, the power God's power to do a lot of damage to the kingdom of Satan. Okay. All right. So God's elite has, they have to be humble. So the attribute that we're looking at is humble. A showing of modesty in one's own importance, being submissive to God, to be humble is to, is to show modesty in your own importance, you're not that important. So without God, without submitting to God, God's elite is not that important. Okay. And we must maintain that, 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 that mentality. I'm nothing without God. Right. All right. So our keywords. So normally I would have you three words, but because I was, you know, digging and it was so good to me. Four words came out of this. Four words. All right. So the so our four words are serve, seclude, sanctify, sustain. Yes, serve, seclude, sanctify, sustain. All right. In order for you to serve, you have to perform in service of and or duty to. When you serve, you perform in service of and or duty to. Seclude. To steal away. I was looking at the different definitions and yes, God gives me, a, he gives me liberty to, you know, manipulate the dictionary. Um, I, I could give you English history real quick. The, the, the short, the long, the short of the long is English was a very poor language. None of the, none of the big people, um, the wealthy, the rich spoke English back in the day. English was of a servants, a poor language and English is always evolving. So, and if you, um, don't speak with people who from another nation when they have to learn different languages and one of them being English, they'll tell you English is the hardest language to learn because our words have so many different definitions, not like many other cultures. They word means their word. All right. So God give me Liberty with some of these definitions. And so this definition I got from, you know, the elder community, the older folks in the church, they used to tell you, they used to say, steal away. To pray, to meditate, to seek God, to steal away, seclude, to steal away. And it doesn't really mean to steal away. It just means to be alone. To be alone with one's thoughts, alone to pray, alone to meditate, alone to seek God. You know, because the crowd, you can't hear God from the crowd. Seclude, all right? Sanctify. 
to consecrate, declare holy, to purify oneself for God's use, sanctify, to consecrate, declare holy, to purify oneself for God's use. And our last word is sustain, to strengthen spiritually, affirm the validity of God. You strengthen people spiritually by affirming the validity of God. Amen. All right. All right. Chapter 28. Again, if I mess up these words, I ain't my heaven punch card. Don't determine whether I mess up words or not or get them all right. And just, just let's just remind us that. Okay. Uh, but I am going to try. Okay. All right. So now when they had escaped, then they, they then found out that the island was called Malta and the natives showed us unusual kindness for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened onto his hand. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer whom though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. But he, Paul, shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up and suddenly fall dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their mind and said, oh, that he was a god. In that region, there was an estate of the leading citizen of the island whose name was Publius, who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. And it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery. Paul went into him and prayed and he laid hands on him and healed him. So when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. They also honored us in many ways. And when we departed, they provided such things as were necessary. After three months, we sailed in an Alexandrian ship whose figurehead was the twin brothers, which did winter at the island and landing at Syracuse. We stayed three days. From there, we circled around and reached Regilid. I see, told you I was going to mess it up. I had it all in my head, practiced it and everything. And after one day, the south wind blew. And the next day, we came to Putoli. Putioli. See, Putioli. Where we found brethren and were invited to stay with them seven days. And so we went toward Rome. And from there, when the brethren heard about us, they came to meet us as far as Appii Forum and the three ends. When Paul saw them, he thanked God and took courage. Now, when we came to Rome, the centurion delivered the prisoners to the captain of the guard. But Paul was permitted to dwell by himself with the soldier who guarded him. And it came to pass after three days that Paul called the leaders of the Jews together. So when they had come together, he said to them, 
men and brethren, though I have been, though I have done nothing against our people or the customs of our father, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans who, when they had examined me, wanted to let me go because there was no cause for putting me to death. But when the Jews spoke against it, I was compelled to appear to Caesar, not that I had anything of which to accuse my nation. For this reason, therefore, I have called for you to see you and speak with you, Be, because for the hope of Israel, I am bound with this chain. Then they said to him, we neither receive letters from Judea concerning you, nor have any of the brethren who came reported or spoken evil of you. But we desire to hear from you what you think. For concerning this sect, we know that it is spoken against everywhere. So when they had appointed him a day, many came to him at his lodging, to whom he explained and solemnly testified of the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus from the law of, from both the law of Moses and the prophets from morning till evening. And some were persuaded by the things which were spoken and some disbelieved. So when they had not agreed among themselves, they departed after Paul had had said one word. The Holy Spirit spoke rightly through Isaiah, the prophets to our fathers, saying, go to this people and say, hearing you will hear and shall not understand and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of the people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. Therefore, let it be known to you that the salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will hear it. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had a great dispute among themselves. Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house and received all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no one forbidding him. Amen to the reading of God's word. Rehegium. See, that's that word. Now it want to come to me. Okay. Mm. Let me tell you, the devil is ugly. All right. Anyways, glad I ain't going to heaven on pronouncing words. <laughs> All right. So let's be reminded. God's elite, a select group that is superior in terms of God anointing, God's appointing and his all knowing omniscient spirit. Humble, a showing of modesty in one's own importance, being submissive to God. Our words serve to perform in service of and or duty to seclude to steal away to pray meditate seek god sanctify to consecrate declare holy to purify oneself for god's use and then we have sustain to strengthen spiritually affirm the validity of god now most people love this this chapter more specifically one through eight, because it speaks about Paul getting bit by the serpent, the I mean the viper and him shaking it off. And oh my God, when God has called you to a thing, and if God has appointed you, anointed you, vipers will come up against you, but it shall not take you out. Like those type of sermons that come from there. Okay. But again, that's for the elite group of God's people. A lot of us are not in this group, but we can learn from this group. 
Because let's just be honest. The things that I see in the spirit, the average Christian would have fell out from. The things that I've experienced in my walk with God, the average Christian would have been blown their brains out. Let's just be honest. We are all not the, we're all not God's elite or the elite of God. We all can't handle spiritual things. Some of us are only able to handle milk. And so therefore we give you milk and it's okay. It's okay that you're still on milk for now. (laughs) You, you have to move on to some type of solid. I'm not saying that you have to eat the meat that I eat. We're, we're talking metaphorically here. Um, but there is a time and a season for everything, right? Some of us had to grow up fast in the natural and that mirrored in the spirit because we had such a great calling and a great anointing on our lives to which we could handle the vipers. We could handle things that a normal Christian, again, who probably only are going to reach or change the lives of the people around them, their immediate circle. But those of us, we, some of us are just called to reach a greater group of people, not because we wanted to. Oh, but if I could give away my anointing ha, and be just an average Christian. Okay, I'm not going to say that because uh, I, I've grown used to being uh, extraordinary. <laughs> I've grown used to it now. And I don't think I can do ordinary. All right. So, I mean, when you're looking at this text and starting, you know, from the top, the people on this island was of Malta. They were of Malta. So they believed in their Greek goddess of justice. They were Greeks. They were, you know, Gentiles, so to speak. And so they believed in this Greek goddess of justice. So when the viper did jump out and bite Paul after he, you know, was in service, he was serving He wasn't just, you know, I'm a prisoner and I don't have to go pick up sticks. And no, he was going to gather kindle for the fire for everyone. Right. And his viper jumps out and bites him. And and so the multi people was like, ah, he's a murderer. He escaped justice on the sea and our Greek gods of Greek goddess of justice is holding him accountable. They are holding, he is being held accountable. They believe that Paul was singled out by their goddess to be punished. Two things. One is right and one is not right. One, he was singled out. The other thing, it was not by their goddess, but it's by God himself to sustain his glory for the people. Can you imagine Somebody coming and getting bit by a poisonous snake, any type, you know, a poisonous thing, and they just shake it off and they and and they are instantly healed. Like there is nothing in their DNA that reacts to that venomous poison that is being injected into their system 
And then that person turning around and performing healing all over the island. I, I know I'm moving a little too fast here, but come on now. You mean to tell me you got that much healing in your body? Oh, <laughs> I need to bring everybody. But we're going to slow down. We're going to slow down. When Paul didn't die, when he didn't swell up and die, the people changed their minds and they thought him to be a God. Paul remained humble. He didn't take their praise, their, their exaltation. Because remember, these were the same people that just said he was a murderer and that he was not, he was uh, getting his just due. So now that he didn't die, oh, he is a God. Just like he shook off that viper and kept serving, he shook off their praise and kept serving. You can't get caught up in the people because people will pronounce you dead and then they will pronounce you a God because they're people. They're not God. And they only subscribe to what they know because the people perish for lack of knowledge. And this was an island of Malta. And the only thing they knew is their Greek gods and goddesses. They didn't know Jesus until Paul. So Paul was in service to those people in Malta. Again, like I said, imagine somebody's getting bit and instantly healed and then turn around and performing healing for everybody else performing healing for everybody else because see there was a man named Publius on there he was a high official his father laid sick and and he had dysentery and so after this bitten Paul went and prayed and laid hands on his man his hand recovered he recovered and so now everybody on the island want to come see this man who was bitten by a snake and now he's healing all kinds of people. That was his service. That was his service to those people. That was service to God. That was affirming the validity of God because he didn't even have to preach. Now he's performing miracles. Not once that Paul preached on this island, his life, the God that was in him rose up. And was able to testify through the miracles. Not even saying a word. He didn't say a word to them people when that viper bit him. He didn't say a word to them people when he slung that viper off. And when he kept serving. He kept serving. Oh yes, there's a word in keeping quiet. One, one uh, administrator told me, you can't quote silence. Nobody can hold you to what you, what you didn't say. You can't quote silence. S sometimes as the elite of God, it is just in the act of service is where God is the loudest. He's the loudest. Paul didn't have to defend himself against the accusations that he was a murderer because he wasn't. He let his service to God sanctify him 
for God's use to the people. And so they honored him. In one of my Bibles, study Bibles, it said, you know, one of the ways they honored Paul was through money. Right. And I've been having this personal dialogue with the Lord about money and service and money. And, you know, I have this podcast and, and I'm like, money, God. Uh, yeah. So you were doing this. Is this, you know, is this something that will, I don't know, God, you say, don't take a money sack when you go out to preach, right? You say, work among the people and you receive your wages, you know, what you've worked for, right? But then over there in 1 Corinthians 9 and 14, it says, even so the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. So this is not about a, having a church, right? This is about preaching the gospel and receiving the wages for um, performing a service. I look at it like this. You go to a restaurant, you order your food, you get your food, and then you pay. You pay for the prices that were set, right? Okay, this they've already set that price. But that tip, <laughs> that tip is, oh my goodness, the service, the food, the ambiance, everything was so good. I now want to offer that tip. And so in seeing it that way, I was like, oh, okay, God. I get it now. He didn't set a price. I'm not saying Paul set a price for his ministry. Paul just did his ministry. Those people were so blessed by Paul that they wanted to honor him by paying him. Which leads to him being in a rented house. Who rented that house for him? Well, some of the texts say that Paul paid for his own house, even though they, they let him be in there with, with the guard that served him now, Paul, they said it is more likely that Paul paid for that. So how did Paul pay for that? If he did not work, it was that he performed the service of God and he that preaches the gospel should live from the gospel. All right. So that is something that I was just elucidated to like God gave me like, oh, I was like, oh, okay. Well, still don't know how this is going to work, but hey. I'm going to keep doing what you're telling me to do in the end. It'll work out because all things work together for the good of them who are the called according who love you and all the called according to your purpose. Uh, remember the call, not everybody that save the called God's elite based on God's anointing, God's appointing and the all knowing omniscient spirit of God. That's what he does for his elites, right? He makes sure that gets taken care of. He makes sure that they get everything that they need to be successful in this life. Not everything in abundance. I don't need a mansion. It is just me. I don't need a mansion. So I will be taking more that I'll be doing over and I'll be doing more, uh, being excess. I will be in excess. If I were to go out and do live this lavish life, I don't need to in order to preach the gospel. Some of God's elite are turning in the gospel for a profit of a life of lavish living. And God is saying, no, take what you need and serve the people with the rest. Right? 
you you may be one of God's elite that have the gift of healing like Paul. Like you can like you pray and lay hands on people and they 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 heal, they rise up from the dead. Now let's be real honest. Have anybody in the United States of America, I know in other countries it's like happening all the time, but have anybody seen their dead rise? No. Have anybody seen a true miracle of God? A true miracle, not I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say a false miracle, but not a medical induced miracle. You know what I mean? Medical induced miracle. I'm talking about you didn't take no medicine. You didn't, you were healed truly by the word, the prayer and, and, and God's spirit. I know the healing that takes place when you get cancer and you go get chemo and you do all that. Okay. Yes, that's a healing, but I'm talking about a true healing. Like you didn't go to the doctor. You went to the doctor, that type of healing. Paul was performing that type of healing on the island of Malta. He was just praying for people, laying hands on them, and they was recovering from their deathbeds. Hmm. Something to think about, huh? All right. So now Paul, he's gone. They gave them the things that they need. Now Paul is gone. He's finally made it to Rome. And as Paul had done in many of the cities of his travels, he conversed with the Jewish leaders and the, pre and the people first. Only this time they came to him instead of him going to their synagogue. Home field advantage. Meaning religious pract practicality was not warranted all those customs of things that he had to wait and ask his questions and, and do the, uh, do we, we thank God, you know, you know, when y'all go into the churches and the preacher gets up and he do, do have to thank God for everybody on the pulpit and every, and all their wives and all the, these people all down to the lake. That was not even warranted because they were in Paul's home. Turn church turn place of worship we're not gonna say church we're gonna say place of worship this is where he secludes himself this is where he pray and meditates and seek god and 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 you know talk with god this is a place where he sanctify himself to be of service to god they were in his place of worship they were in his on his home turf and so they couldn't throw him out they can't say that he was blaspheming god they can't say that he was entering unclean all these things that he had been accused of they can't say that now because they're coming into his house and he received them and he preached to them home field advantage this is what god's elite this is being an elite of god will do for you it'll it, you'll be a prisoner yet free yet free to move about free to free to receive people free to do what you need to do this is what it is about people some of us we again we're we're not the elite of god we but we can learn we can learn to be free even in our bondage even when we're bound to a 30-year mortgage we're bound to financial debt we're bound to certain things in this life we could be free in our spirit to continue to do what God tell us to do. News about Paul's imprisonment or rather why he had come to Rome hadn't been told by the people that accused him 
This could be because he no longer was in their vicinity, out of sight, out of mind, or that God had used him to get Paul in front of the Roman leaders. Hmm? Nobody knew. Them people say, we didn't know why you, you know, we didn't know this was going on. We didn't know why you were here in Rome and why you called us. You say, yeah, this is why I called you. So that I can share with you and tell you, I'm not. The things that they accuse me of, I haven't done. I have no cause to come to Rome other than that God purpose for him to be there, right? Because it's God's will that all would hear the gospel of Jesus. Even political leaders, even leaders of importance. But let's be real. Some people will not consider or entertain change unless they see a prominent figure or someone they consider a prominent figure do or say something to the effect of change. Y'all know, y'all know who y'all are. My pastor said this. My pastor said, don't, don't eat rice. <laughs> My pastor said, don't put on red lipstick. My pastor said, don't wear white after Labor Day. Yeah. Yeah. You, you put those people in a prominent position. Don't, don't get me wrong. That is sort of an important position, but it shouldn't be prominent to change. It shouldn't be prominent to what you are doing in your life or what you should do in your life. Because if God say do it and your pastor say don't do it, who will you listen to? Paul listened to God. Paul kept an ear to God. He, he secluded himself again. He served, he sanctified himself, um, for the service of God or allow God to sanctify him for the service. And then because he sustained the biblical points that everything that we know, he told them everything that we know and everything that we've learned is led to Jesus being the Messiah. It led to Jesus being the Messiah. And as the elite of God, there's a, I remember, I remember one of my pastors and, you know, when I was tethered to one of these church, Ooh, I shouldn't say tethered. Oh my goodness. Okay. I said it now it's out there. <laughs> one of these churches I was going to, and I was going to for a long time. One of the pastors said, there are some people that just going to heaven. They are just going to heaven because God has his hand on them and they can't go to the right or to the left, they're going to heaven because they are made to stay this course. Paul was one of those people. He was made to stay this course because God wouldn't let him go no other way. He would let him go. No, other. there was no other way that Paul could have gone in his life, but the way of God, some of us. And that's why I say, this is a very small club of people. God's elite, because some of us, we, we don't have a, ch a choice. Let, let me, let me say that we don't have a choice. I know there's free will. We got free will to do his purpose or die. It just, just some of, because it's just a small elite. And a lot of people don't talk about that because a lot of people don't really believe that there are some of us that we just don't have the free will to do any and everything with our lives. And the moment we step out of obedience with God, we get slapped so hard back in place. It reverberates through our generation, through our lineage. 
That's how hard we get hit because we are to stay in line with God. Look at Samuel. Look at Eli. Go back and look at Eli. Eli couldn't go to the right or the left. But when Eli did not correct his sons, that thing, God said he will not have a man in his house. <laughs> oh, it went through his lineage. He will not have a man sitting of importance in his house. Like literally he died, fell and broke his neck after his sons died. One of his son's wife gave birth. She died. And then that baby died. Come on now. God punished his whole lineage. Some of us are like that. But those of us that do, that do have the option to sit there and, and say, mm, I know God say go right, but I'm going to go left just for the, you know, kicks and giggles of it. Or maybe because circumstances, you be like, I know God is telling me to give this $20 and I'm not about money. Let's just say that. But I'm just, I guess this is where we're going give this 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 twenty dollars but uh i can't really do that right now i have to go over here and you know get some food for my babies and you go get food for your babies and god and you come back and you say god forgive me and he gives you a little time out in the corner and you're all forgiven you can get back up oh <laughs> no baby let me let me go against god and giving that 20 going to feed my baby with the 20 dollars and not giving it to where god told me to give it oh lord the, it's, it's a mess now. It's a mess now. So here it is. Paul is stuck. He is, he said, these are the chains in which I am bound to. I am bound to continue to do the work of God. I am bound to continue to sustain God's word. And think about this too, as well. The very thing that Paul was doing before he got saved, he's now the prisoner of that very He's now the one in chains. You remember he had letters to go get all the Christians bound and bring them back to Jerusalem to be punished. Guess who's bound? Paul is. You remember when he was Saul, he had those letters. Now as Paul, an apostle of God, he's bound in chains. Yes, yes. There was no way around it because he is God's elite. There was no way around it. So this is Paul's end of his journey. This is the end of his journey. This is the last book of Acts. And here it is. Paul's end of story is like many of God's elite. It's unknown. He remains a prisoner for the next two years. It doesn't say whether he died or not. Now other people speculated and say that Luke, um, yeah, Dr. Luke, from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Dr. Luke had maybe, you know, Paul was beheaded, you know, after two years. And it's just a lot of, in, just a lot of speculation, but it's really unknown. It is really unknown. And so I looked up a few of other people that was God's elite. That is just like, wow, whatever happened to Melchizedek? To be honest, Melchizedek doesn't even have a record of birth, let alone death. He just appears out of nowhere as someone that Abraham paid tithes to. And then later on in mm, Hebrews, it talks about 
the order of Melchizedek, a Jesus that God established Jesus after the order of Melchizedek. So that's the only two times you really hear about him. So God's elite, right? He's definitely God's elite because if he is, he fashioned Jesus after the order of Melchizedek, according to Hebrews, then we have Enoch. Enoch was just a one hit wonder and was transfigured by God. No one knows. It just said he was just here one day and gone the next. Elite of God did his powerful thing. And then all of a sudden he was gone. Poof, thin air. Gone. Moses. Now Moses died. It said that Moses died. But guess who buried Moses? God himself. Because Moses was an elite of God. Moses did a powerful thing for the nation of Israel. He led them out of Egypt through the Red Sea. A highway through the Red Sea. Came down off Mount Sinai with the, with the uh, Ten Commandments. But when he died, no one knows where his body is. Because God, God buried him. Then we have Elijah. The prophet Elijah. No one even knows. Well, we know that he was taken up in a whirlwind. So he didn't even die. He, he didn't die. He didn't get buried. He was just physically taken to heaven. Just gone. Physically taken to heaven. And only Elisha saw that. Because he said to Elisha, because Elisha asked for his, his uh, anointing, a double portion. He said, well, if you see me when I'm gone, when I get taken up. Hey, you can have it. So the only one witness to that was Elisha. So that's God's elite. One of God's elite. And then my last one, Isaiah. Yeah, the prophet Isaiah, who is often quoted in the New Test in the New Testament. He is one of the prophets, one of the Old Testament prophets that is often quoted in the New Testament. No one knows how he died. No one knows if he even died. Now, there are many different stories, but nothing definitive. There's nothing definitive. God's elite. Even though we all can't be God's elite, there's something about them that we can take and we can apply to our life. We can we can be, you know, in service, definitely. Even if it's just you you cooking for you to cook for your family you are the one you know through your food everybody is brought together and they, that's how you minister because somebody might come in the kitchen and and be like auntie uncle whoever you are to them and you dispense your godly wisdom through your cooking just your family but those that are elite of god and you know you are the elite of god stuff happened to you that don't happen to a normal people I got my hand up. Stuff happens to me that does not happen to a normal, everyday walking Christian. So what does Paul's journey tell us? It tells us, one, that you got to serve God with your whole heart, regardless of the consequences with man. You can't just be out here just like, oh, I'm scared. You know what man's going to do to me? God is on your side. <laughs> What can man do to you? What can man do to you? Okay. So you got to serve God. Number one. Number two, you got to make sure you have some seclusion time. 
But you got to pray without ceasing that you're always ready to answer when you're called upon. Paul remained ready. You got to get that seclusion time. You have to. And then three, you have to do number two in order to be sanctified for God's service. Okay. Yes, God called you out, but you got to continue to stay out. You have to not, you have to get that seclusion in so that you're not tainted by this world's debauchery, <laughs> just foolery, just straight up wickedness. And when you do all of that, you will run into four or you will continue in number four, which is you will sustain God's glory to all that you come in contact with. Everybody, you might not have to say a word to them. It might just be your actions. It might be a combination of your actions and your words, or it just might be your words. It might be a hug, but whatever it is, you have to sustain do all the first three in order to sustain God's glory to any and everybody you have come in contact with. God's elite. He that has an ear, let him hear. We've hoped you've been blessed by another episode of The Teaching Prophet. Don't forget to like, share, and or comment on whichever platform you are listening. We pray you tune in next time. God bless.